Hey everybody, my name is Dwayne Burkhardt and you are watching and or listening to Season 2, Episode 7 of The Rugby Report. In this episode, we will travel to Europe and talk about the European Rugby Challenge Cup and the Heineken's Champions Cup. We will then skip across the Atlantic Pond and check in with the MLR here in the USA. But we are going to start our coverage in the South Pacific with the Super Rugby Pacific League. Our weekend action starts in Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland, where Moana Pacifica hosted my Highlanders. The Highlanders came into the game on a winning streak after dropping their first three in a row, while Pacifica was still looking for their first win this season. But mostly they were just looking to play better than they did last week in their crushing 59-0 loss to the Hurricanes. And they did. In fact, the first half of this game in particular was a back-and-forth, evenly-matched contest with good ball handling and good movement. It was an exciting, interesting, and frankly fun game to watch. And there was scoring. Moana scored. Then the Highlanders scored twice to take the lead. Then Moana scored to retake the lead. Then the Highlanders scored to retake their lead. And that was just the first half. But in the second half, the Highlanders' defense stood up and stood out as they completely shut out Pacifica, and that included stopping them at the try line on several occasions. And then the Highlanders' reserve players, and Falal Fakatava in particular, came on the field, and from that moment on, the game was over. The Pasifika had their moments, and they absolutely did play better this week. But in the end, the Highlanders were just too much. Full-time score, Pasifika 17, Highlanders 45. Next up, the Reds hosted the Crusaders in a game that went exactly the way I thought it would. The Crusaders may not be the best team in the league this year, but they were absolutely good enough to beat the Reds. So far this year, particularly on offense, the Reds are just struggling. And for what it's worth, I think they're easier to defend against since they lost Taniela Tupo to Melbourne. To be sure, the Reds had a couple of good moments, but they couldn't make their possession count in the first half, and when they had a chance to pick up a bonus point in the last minute, once again, their offense struggled to get through. Full-time score, Reds 12, Crusaders 25. The next game was the fun game of the weekend to watch, as the Fijian Drua hosted the Melbourne Rebels. The Drua are undefeated at home this year, but came into the game having lost their last two, where the Rebels were looking for their first back-to-back -back wins of the season. It was a gorgeous day in Sava, and the very nearly sold-out stadium was rockin'. And the home team did not disappoint their fans, scoring twice in the first Five minutes. The Rebels, who apparently had the start time of the game wrong, eventually spotted the Drua a 19-point lead. They played pretty well after that. In fact, the Rebels won the second half 21-5. Unfortunately for the Rebels, they lost the first half 33-7. Put that together and you've got a full-time and fun-time score of Drua 38, Rebels 28. Saturday night's game was the unqualified game of the week as the Waikato Chiefs hosted the Auckland Blues, and there was so much going on in this game. The Blues had won the last three in a row against the Chiefs, and they had embarrassed them in Hamilton 25-0 last year. And from the opening whistle, the Chiefs wanted payback for that one. And they got it right away because for the second time this season, the Chiefs scored in the first 30 seconds of the game. The conditions were a factor as it had poured down rain before the game and then again during the game. 
But as I've said before, both teams play in the same conditions. Overall, the first half was an exciting back-and-forth battle, with the Chiefs taking a 17-10 lead into the break. The second half was also a battle, but contained almost no scoring. In fact, the teams traded penalty goals, and that was it. Once again, the Blues had their chances. But you know, how many times this season have I said, the Blues had their chances? I think it's a lot. And in this case, they really did. The Blues made it over the try line, but couldn't place the ball down, not once, not twice, but three times in this game. And you just can't leave that many points on the field. That said, the Chiefs' defense was inspired. And as we say in the USA, defense wins championships. The full-time score for Damon McKenzie's 101st game with the Chiefs, congratulations DMAC, Chiefs 20, Blues 13. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs, are now 6-0 for the first time in franchise history. The Chiefs have a bye next week, and then they play the Hurricanes. And that, folks, is going to be a great game. We travel back to Canberra now, where the division-leading Brumbies hosted the New South Wales Waratahs in a game that was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Or, frankly, than it should have been. I'm not sure if the Brumbies took this game for granted, or if the Taz just came in looking for blood. But whatever happened, the Taz took a two-score lead twice in the first half. And if it weren't for a late mistake and two yellow cards, they might have taken it into the sheds. Instead, they led just 21-14 at the break. But in the second half, the Taz again took a two-score lead. Twice! And finally, the Brumbies seemed to wake up and realize they weren't going to win this game on reputation alone. And they'd better get in this game if they wanted to remain unbeaten at home and in their division. And so for the last 20 minutes of the game, their defense finally showed up holding the Taz to just three more points, while their offense scored exactly what they needed to win. It was a shocking nail-biter for Brumbies fans, but in the end, they still came away with the win. Full-time score, Brumbies 40, Waratahs 36. And finally this weekend, the Hurricanes and the Force played a special game at Central Energy Trust Arena in Palmerston North, site of the very first Super Rugby game ever played back in 1996. And from the beginning, despite a significant number of roster changes, the Hurricanes looked to be in charge of this one, scoring twice early, leading 26-7 at the break, and eventually pulling out to a 24-point lead. But as noted here on this report, the Force have managed to play some pretty insane rugby in the last 10 minutes of the last two games in particular. Could the Force shock the Hurricanes and close the gap for the third week in a row? Yes! Yes, they could! And holy crap, wow, they did! The Hurricanes led this game by more than 20 points. Not once, not twice, but three times. And the third time was with barely 10 minutes to play. But just as the game seemed well in hand, the Hurricanes seemed to run out of strength, just as the Force were... powering up. The Force scored three times in the last 10 minutes of the game, and made this finish far more exciting than the locals would have preferred. The Canes prevailed, but I'll say it again, if the Force could find a way to play the first 70 minutes the way they've played the last 10 for the last three straight games, they would be a, well, a force to be reckoned with. 
Full-time score, Hurricanes 45, Force 42. Checking in on my predictions now, I came into round 6, 21-9 in the season. And this week I was... 6-0! Yay! My second perfect week this season. Brings me to 27-9 overall. There are only four Super Rugby matches each week for the next three weeks as the remaining teams take turns getting a week off. But round seven will start in Christchurch as the Crusaders host Milana Pacifica. As noted, the Crusaders are not the most feared team in the league right now, but they're still very good. And despite how much I feel for winless Pacifica, they'd need a flat-out miracle to win this game. Crusaders win. Next up is a game that could be pretty interesting. The Queensland Reds will host the Canberra Brumbies. These two teams have played some epic games against each other in the last few years, and there will almost certainly be a lot of emotion on the field for this one. The Reds are coming off a tough loss, and they need to turn their season around. While the Brumbies just barely survived a game that could either be a wake-up call or a sign that they're fading and vulnerable. Who wins? Well, the Reds can always win at home. But I think that it'll be the Brumbies who will wake up and return to form. Sorry, Reds but the Brumbies will win this game. Next up, we have a doozy in Dunedin as my Highlanders travel back home and take on the frighteningly good Hurricanes. After dropping their first three, the Landers have now won three in a row. And they'll be at home. And OMG, would I love to see them win this game. But unless the Hurricanes decide to rest about ten starters, I just don't see it. Sorry, boys. You know how happy I'll be to be wrong here. But I think the Canes win this one. Hurricanes win. Finally, in round seven, a game that could be interesting, but also could be a blowout. We'll finish the weekend in Amy Park in Melbourne, as the Rebels host the Blues. The Rebels really are better than their record, and they're capable of surprising their opponents. But they have struggled to play consistently this year. That said... Speaking of struggling to play consistently, the Auckland Blues should be right near the top of the table, but they have really struggled in the second half of several games this year, and they have yet to show us that they can dominate a game for 80 minutes. If the Blues don't fix their second half issues, then watch out, because the Rebels absolutely can upset them at home. But I think the Blues will arrive knowing that they need to start getting their act together. And they will. Blues win. Let's move on to Europe now. The URC is on hiatus this week, but plenty of teams were in action for the European and Heineken Cups. In Euro Cup action, on Friday, Claremont beat Bristol and the Scarlets beat Breve. Then on Saturday, Toulon beat the Cheetahs, Benetton crushed Connacht 41-19 in a game that might have been a warning message to my favorite Irish side. In other action, Lyon beat Stade, and the Glasgow Warriors simply destroyed the Dragons by 40 points, 73-33. Elsewhere, the Lions beat Racing, and my Cardiff Blues narrowly edged out the Sale Sharks, 28-27. In Heineken Cup action, Leicester beat Edinburgh on Friday night, so condolences to my daughter. On Saturday, the Sharks beat Munster, the Stormers beat the Harlequins, La Rochelle squeaked by Gloucester, and in the big Irish battle of the weekend, Leinster downed Ulster 30-15. to Finally, on Sunday, there was a rather bizarre draw between the Exeter Chiefs and Montpellier. 
the Saracens beat the Ospreys, and in a game that kind of shocked me, Toulouse convincingly beat the Bulls 33-9. Of course, none of those games has any impact on the URC, but several of them were fun to watch. We'll finish this week in the USA, but as we check in on Major League Rugby, we have a bit of an oddball week to report on. As you know, normally when we record the Rugby Report, there's usually just one more MLR game to be played. This week, however, there are four games on Sunday, and thus I only have two games to report on now. So I'll start by noting that the Utah Warriors continued to demonstrate that they intend to be postseason contenders as they narrowly edged out the team that is, for the moment, leading the Eastern Conference. That would be the New England Free Jacks. The win is the Warriors' fourth this season and absolutely does keep them in the hunt in the West. The other game that is already completed is the Dallas Jackals' first win of the season. They narrowly beat the Toronto Arrows 14-11. The teams are both in the cellars of their respective divisions, but congratulations to Dallas on their first win of the year. Now, because the graphics for the show are added after we record the episode, those of you who are watching this on YouTube are going to actually see the final results of the games that I'm about to mention. So in a way you're going to know the results before I do. So, elsewhere in the MLR, as we record this episode, the Chicago Hounds are hosting the Houston Sabercats, the NOLA Gold are hosting the Seattle Seawolves in what is easily, for my money, the game of the week there, and finally, San Diego is hosting the DC Old Glory. Now, for our viewers on YouTube, here are the current standings in the MLR. I can't comment on them or even tell you what they are, because while they're available before broadcast, and thus you can see them, they didn't exist when I was recording this show. And that's it, folks. That's all we have for Season 2, Episode 7 of The Rugby Report. Thank you all for watching and or listening, and until next time, you should know that I was walking in the woods yesterday when I saw a beehive that had no exits. It was unbelievable. See you next time. Bloopers. The Reds had a couple of good moments, but they couldn't take hurricanes. And that, folks, is going to be a great game, and that line should not be there. I'm going to do the whole Chiefs thing again because it's just too much fun. There are only four Super Rugby Max. Then the lead deep data. The Auckland Blues should be right near the top of the table. I'm going to read this whole thing again because I did not have my emphases in the right place. T will help. In Euro Cup action, on Friday, Claremont Beach... You know what? These European names are going to be the death of me. This is going to be... This, this might be fun for the blooper reel. Here we go. Then on Saturday, Toulon... Now, again, for our viewers on... Oh, our viewers? For our viewers on YouTube... That's at least something for the blooper reel. I was doing so well.